Hello to our nationwide listeners. It's your host, Kaylee Edgar, marketing specialist here at AltaWest Capital. I'm joined by my co-host, our chief sales officer, Armando Deseri. Today, we're discussing how individuals can become successful brokers with a look ahead at market trends and an overview of CMBA presidency with none other than Sadiq Boudou, principal broker and CEO for Approved Mortgages and president chairsperson of Canadian Mortgage Brokers Association of Ontario. Join us in welcoming Mr. Boodoo to give us insight on these matters today. Yeah, thank you for having me. You're always dressed up really sharp. So <laughs> thank you for doing that. But this is not going to be televised. So <laughs> thanks for that. What we'd like to do is start with an origin story. So why don't you tell us how you got into this glorious industry, the mortgage industry? Well, I guess it goes back um, to actually when I was in the bank, I was uh a manager of financial services uh, or a manager of financial service for, for a branch. And um, I ended up also becoming one of the top salespeople, even though I was managing the salespeople because I went out there and I, I was making a lot of connections, networking and bringing business back, feeding my salespeople, getting them, you know, hitting their targets and stuff like that. And uh, because we were bringing in so much business from doing that, that they couldn't keep up with it. And I started writing business myself. And one day, uh, I think it was after, I think about me three hours of putting together schedules and stuff like that. And I just put it out and uh, a guy who would end up becoming my boss walked into my office and said, you know, all this business that you're bringing in, would you like to make some money off of it? And I looked at him and said, well, I do make money right now. He's like, yeah, but would you like to make more? And I'm like, that's interesting. Tell me more about that. So he's like, well, become a mortgage specialist. You know, you could actually make more money than what you're doing right now. And you're already doing the job. And I looked down at the schedule that I just spent three hours putting together, knowing that like within 10 minutes of me distributing that schedule, I'd have to probably, I'd have like five people asking me to make changes. And I looked at them and I said, okay, let's just do it. <laughs> you know, and um, I, I, so I, I went through the interview process with his boss and then the vice president at the time. And, um, you know, they basically said, look, yeah, let's, let's make this happen. And I started off as a mortgage specialist and then after eight years doing that, I realized that I wanted to do more for my clients. I wanted to like, I more and more the banks was getting tighter and there was less and less options for my clients and a really great person that I would have been able to approve six months before. Now I couldn't. And it was getting harder for me to stare at those people who I believed in them. And I, I, I knew them, I knew their families and I knew their situation and tell them, sorry, I can't help you anymore. Um, that was tough on me. So I finally decided, you know what, I need to find myself in places where I could say yes to them and I could continue to help them and make them, you know, keep, keep the trust that they placed in me going. Uh, so finally I just kind of said, you know what, I need to be off on my own. And I bit the bullet and just jumped over. Amazing. And in this industry, we have agents and the ease of entry is pretty interesting. You know, a $300 course, a lot of people think it's an easy win. The stat is something like 80% of new mortgage agents fail in the first two years, which is pretty crazy. So what was the driving force to go from being an agent to owning your own brokerage? So I guess I'm going to say, uh, I'll be really honest, uh, a little bit it was ego. Right. Um, yeah, I, I, I started in May 26, sorry, not May, March 2016 as a mortgage agent um, and opened my brokerage uh, in August 2016. So I literally fast tracked it. Um, and really, a lot of that time was 
finding an finding an office space to open up the brokerage, re- doing renovations and stuff like that. If it was, if I had it my way, I would have opened the brokerage from day one. Um, a lot of people called me crazy because there wasn't there was a very steep learning co- curve going from knowing one product and one way of doing things at the bank to now having to learn 50 plus different ways of doing things uh, while also learning how to navigate and run a brokerage and all those other things. Like my experience with the bank came in handy and got me, you know, quite a ways ahead, but there was still a huge learning curve. Um, And I say it's a little bit of ego because I wanted to prove that I could do it. I wanted to prove that it was, uh, you know, it was a challenge that I could overcome. And it also came down to that I know my referral sources and the people who would support me would throw more support behind me knowing that I was the guy kind of in charge, taking the lead, not working for somebody else, but really going off on my own and doing it for myself. And they would throw more support behind me that way. So I, you know, I, I took the gamble, right? I took a gamble on myself because I, I believe that I could do it. And, you know, seven years later, I'm here. <laughs> you believed in yourself and you took that leap of faith and and um and that's great and, uh, you know your success is is basically based on your your drive and uh determination uh, i wouldn't call it ego i would say more of uh you had a goal you set a goal and that's and you achieved that goal so congratulations that's awesome thank you Well, that's a great way to set the bar high your drive is really inspiring and certainly a good standard to set being a broker for the last several years and having a successful brokerage, what would be your advice for new brokers or agents entering the industry? I think the biggest advice I can give to anybody was the lesson I learned on my first day as a mortgage specialist. Um, I got up, it was a Monday morning. Uh, the previous Friday, I had a branch to report to, I had an office to go to. I knew what reports I had to deal with. I knew everything I had to do in my job. Forward to the Monday, I got up, I got showered, got dressed, and I stood in the middle of my bedroom and had no idea what to do, no direction, didn't know who to to talk to, where to go, what the expectation was, right? It was scary, it was nerve-wracking, it was confusing, it was everything at once, and I made probably the best decision I ever made, and the decision I make every single morning uh, from then on, was I got out the door, right? I just headed out the door, I picked a direction, and I started heading that direction and I started looking for business Um, for people coming into the industry get up get out don't sit on your couch don't stay in bed expecting just because you've got this license now that people know who you are right you need to get out there you need to pound the pavement you got to put in the time you know if you were working a nine to five before for somebody else why would you at least put in a minimum of a nine to five for your own self now Right. Too often I see the people that succeed in this industry uh, compared to the ones that that don't succeed are the ones who get up, they get dressed, they get out the door, they engage they with people, they look for opportunities for networking, um, where the opposite is where people who don't succeed are the ones sitting on their couch, that honey to-do list that they had or the, you know, the renovations or the decoration or whatever that were like that project that they had that they wanted to do, that is what they start off their day with and that's what they finish their day with and they don't spend the time on their business, right? And it's really the critical part. Like, you know, you've got to at least put in a nine to five at minimum if you want to succeed. If you're new, put in a 12 to 12 because you know what? You're doing it for you as opposed to putting it in for somebody else. Yeah, you're 100% right. This business, it's all about networking, uh, connecting with people, learning 
all the different type of lenders. Um, so that takes time and it's, it's not a five, you know, it's not a Monday to Friday job. It's you're working weekends. I'm pretty sure you work Saturdays, you know, Sundays with oh, yeah. clients and so forth. You're sitting at the kitchen table with clients probably at some nights still, you know, 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. There's no, this is your business. It's your business for self. You got to hustle and what you put in is what you get out. Right. Yeah, that's exactly it. There was many times where 11 o'clock in the night, I'm leaving a client's house. Uh, many like for my first year, um, every Saturday and Sunday, I was out at open houses. I was out meeting people. Every opportunity I had to interact with somebody, it was there was a simple philosophy. Meet as many people as you can and leave them with three, three pieces of information. Who I am, what I do, how to reach me. So I guess that ties into the next question. In your opinion, what makes a successful broker? Yeah, you know what? Um, I guess yeah, it really does think it's first off is hunger. You've got to be hungry, right? If you're not hungry for your own success, nobody else is hungry for you, right? So um, it, you you got to be hungry. You got to be driven. You've got to be willing to put in the time, right? Like you know, there's lots of you know weekends that I didn't do the things that my friends or my family members were doing because I was out looking for business. There's lots of things I would love to, hey, I would love to attend that, but I can't because I got to do this and that's a priority. You know, the successful brokers, they're hungry, they're driven, they prioritize, they sacrifice, and then they get to that point where they don't necessarily have to do those things as much because then the business starts rolling in, right? So it's not a, you're not sacrificing and committing to this for your life. You're just doing it to get started. Once the ball gets rolling, you can take your foot off the brake a little bit and start enjoying some of it. That's right. And what would you say the tipping point is? Somebody's hustling, doing all the right things and so forth. What would you say the tipping point would be for a new agent where they they start seeing that the fruits of their labor, uh, you know, things, the referrals start coming in and so forth. What's that time frame look like? Yeah, I, I think, you know, what, you, it's kind of that you got to go through at minimum one full like annual cycle. Right. For sure. You have to go through the, the fall market. you got to go through the winter. you got to go through the ups and downs of, of, of the real estate market at least once to really learn how to adapt to it. Right. Learn how, how the business, you know, how it, it, it peaks and it, and it valleys throughout the year. And once you've gone through that, then you kind of start getting a grasp of where you can leverage the business for yourself. So I'd say typically you'd want to you got to commit at least two years to determine if this is really going to work for you. If you if you jump in there in the first year and you don't go through it or you just try it out for six months, you haven't given it a good shot. I'd say two years. And that's when you really start seeing the growth. Uh, I, I agree. That's what they say. First two years. I think another stat is most new agents don't even close their first deal in the first six to seven months. Yeah. And, and most of the time it's their own deal. <laughs> that's been my experience. I'll tell you that. I've seen that many times. <laughs> For the past couple of years, the market has been booming due to the pandemic. Everyone from agents to brokers have had more deals than they could handle. But where does that leave us now? As we come out of this wild ride, what does the current real estate market look like in comparison? Well, I mean, there's a lot of uncertainty, right? There's a lot of speculation. There's a lot of, um, you know, a lot of different voices out there saying, you know, different things. And I think that itself is a... A challenge because you don't know what to filter out and what really makes sense or not. Um, you know, the reality is, is yeah, you're like last couple of years, everybody did have that ability to literally sit on their couch and close business because you couldn't really get up and get out, right? But the brokers who 
um, will succeed regardless of how the market changes are always going to be the ones that stick to the core principles that they, you know, if you don't have a database, you work on getting a database. If you do have a database, you work that database, right? You, 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 keep, you provide service to your clients. You put them at the forefront of everything that you do, um, and they'll come back to you every single time. Right? And that's never going to change, regardless if rates are high, rates are low, regardless if the market is strong, if it's weak, if it's scary, or if it's all like sunshines, rainbows, and lollipops. Those things will never change. You do, you stick to those principles, you'll weather every market. Yeah, for sure. In terms of success, if it were a cakewalk, we'd all be rich and famous by now. Yeah. With regards to the current market, where do you see things heading in the next six to 12 months? Well, yeah, take out your crystal ball first. Get the, uh, I'll get my crystal ball out. Um, you know, I, I foresee myself on a beach. Um, <laughs> um, well, the reality is, is like, you know, yeah, like all it takes is one more unexpected uh, thing to happen in the in the economy for everything I say to now go the opposite way, right? Um, or everything I say to speed up instead. Um, you know, we had you know, Silicon Valley Bank, you know, being one of the two banks that uh, that. Uh, let's, you know, quote unquote, failed, um, you know, that creates a, a, a hiccup in the trend that we were seeing in, in the market, right? We're seeing that rates were going up, we were seeing that, you know, house prices were coming down, um, not necessarily at the same rate of each other. So affordability was being stifled a lot faster because of the, price, the fact that prices weren't dropping as fast as the rates were going up. Um, we saw that people were hesitant to list people because they, they're, they're not sure if they'll be able to buy. Um, the, the, the demand never went away, but people just can't afford to buy. So that was kind of thing. And there was a lot of hesitation with people saying, hey, let's like wait till let's see what happens with rates. We're not going to do anything now because we're committing ourselves to, you know, a, a higher rate versus waiting for a bit. Now that all this stuff is transacting in the U.S. and, you know, we're still very much different than the U.S. Our banking system's not um, as I'd, I hesitate to say unregulated, but we're regulated differently than United States, which gives us a lot more stability, uh, in my opinion, but we're going to still see some impact because what's going to happen is, you know, the, the Federal Reserve saying that they, you know, we're looking at a, a 50 basis point increase that might drop down to 25 in light of what's happening in the US with their banks. Um, the, Canada might not choose to increase anymore um, this year, despite the potential for 25 to 50 across the the, 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 the the remaining months of the year. Um, they might choose to just leave it as it is because they've got to look at what's the impact to our dollar. If our dollar goes too high, then it affects our exports. If it goes too low, it impacts our imports. And we're kind of sitting right now at that very stable, healthy balance point that the the the, the you know the bank the government of Canada wants to, for our trade our trade balance. So I think they might just look at everything and say let's just hold the course, keep rates where they are. Longer term, I think we'll start seeing some rates climbing back down because bond yields are, you know, they're obviously heading in that direction. Uh, but I'll also think that lenders are going to are fighting for a bigger slice of a smaller pie. So we'll see some where lenders are going to give up a little bit more of their, their margin in order to grab more market share. Uh, yeah, no, I agree with you. I think, uh, I think Canada is in a different circumstance than the United States. I think the United States, aside what's happening with the, the banks and so forth, I think they need to raise because their inflation is still running hot and um, hotter than um, Canada and, and the rest of the world. Uh, well, 
I wouldn't say about Europe, but let's talk about Canada. Uh, you know, so I think there is going to be a, a pause for a little while in Canada. And uh, yeah, now it's it all depends on how what happens with the banks. If there's if this is one and done or if there's going to be others. So we'll see what happens. But uh, we have this on record, so we'll see. We'll come back to it. And yeah, see how, how, how good my, uh, <laughs> my thing. I, I, you know what? I, I, I see how good I could prognosticate, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, the switch gears a little bit. Uh, you're also the president of the CMBA Ontario, which is uh, fantastic. And you, correct me if I'm wrong, was it last June you were uh, became president? So, um, so tell us a little bit about okay, you, you, you have a brokerage, you started a brokerage, and now you said, okay, I'm going to run for president for CMBA. How, why, and what was that journey like? So it actually was never kind of, the, even the, the thought process, much less the intention. It was just kind of, I, I I love this industry. I love what this industry has been able to give me and my family. Um, I love what this industry is able to help my clients uh, achieve for their families. Um, I, th I think like by far this industry is one where the, the, there's unlimited potential uh, for personal success, but also for helping Canadians, right? Um, it, it's, I think in many ways we're undervalued for what we do, um, but we'll get there. Um, but I just wanted to, I wanted to get involved in the industry, find a way to give back. And I wanted to, you know, there's things in the industry I felt we could do better at and i wanted to you know i could i had a choice i could sit there and complain about it or i can get up and do something about it so i chose okay well let's get involved and see if i could do something about it uh that led for me running for the board with the support of a lot of uh people in the industry who kind of encouraged me on and you know gave me guidance and stuff like that to 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 kind of get myself you know the right knowledge base and the right exposure to be able to do it and then when the opportunity came up to run for president i had a lot of people say you know what like you know i think you've got some great ideas i think you've got some great direction why don't you put your name in there and i actually was like i'm not really sure i don't really think that highly of myself i wasn't sure if i could actually come you know you know you know meet their expectations but i said you know what like i'm an all or nothing kind of guy it's if i'm going to do it i'm going to put all into it so the worst that could happen is I don't get elected. So let's go for it. And, you know, I, I uh, put my name forward. Uh, the board agreed and voted me in. And, uh, you know, it's been uh, very interesting and fun and uh, uh, at times um, challenging role. But I, I actually wouldn't change a single part of it. Correct me if I'm wrong. This is strictly volunteer. You're not... There's no yeah. day. There's nothing like this. Is your you're putting up your own time and effort. Just no different than the other people on the board too. So, kudos to to all of you for dedicating. So, how do you manage you running your own brokerage? Your your president of CMBA Ontario. How do you manage your day? Uh, you know, in the beginning, it was tough. <laughs> it was tough because it was like you know something always pulling you one direction or another. Um, I think I found balance in kind of prioritizing. Uh, the urgent stuff. Um, I definitely have support with, uh, you know, there's people on my team that are there to help in, help out. They jump in and take on whatever uh, they can to help me out. And we also have a great board. So there's, you know, the people within our board, our executive team, our larger board that hold 
I can rely on that. Up to last night, I was emailing a couple of them and saying, hey, our conference is coming up. I, I, I'm going to need you guys to help out with a few things, blah, blah. Can I count on you? Emails fired back like literally 10 seconds later. And this was like at midnight. Uh, yep, come in. What do you need? Right. Um, and I don't think without the support of the people in my brokerage, without the support of the, the uh, staff and the, the rest of the board at CMB, I would be able to find that balance. Right? But it just comes down to having the right people around you. Wow, that's great. You, you have a great team. Well done. But tell us a little bit about some of the initiatives that you've, uh, I know you implemented a lot of things. Give us some of the highlights of some of the things that you, you've done since you became president. Uh, well, coming into the role, um, education and professional development has always been a big thing for me. Um, it's something I believe, you know, it's like my mom used to always say, you know, they, they, they could take away everything from you. They can't take away your education. Um, so always, you know, keep keep educating yourself. So that's one thing I think brokers uh, always need more of. There's always more for us to learn. And that's the beauty of our role. So I came in into it and say, like, you know, let's let's amp up our education. Let's amp up our professional development. Um, we're known for great events, but we need to be... The, the leader in education and, and professional development. So we focused on it. We've, uh, we actually now, we went from offering one course, which was the mortgage agent course, to now being able to offer uh, five different courses, um, pri the private mortgage course, broker course. Uh, we also have an underwriting course and soon to be launched an out of province equivalency course. Uh, there's more stuff that we have in the works. Uh, we, we've, we brought in, you know, fantastic speakers at our conference that's happening later this month that, you know, was something that we've never had speakers at this caliber before. People from, you know, related to our industry, but not directly in our industry, bringing their insights to, to share with us and, you know, give us the benefit of their experience and knowledge. You know, we've done a lot of things in the arena of making sure our members and the industry in a whole is better equipped to be better for their clients. Well done. And I, I totally agree. Education is, is paramount. And that's something at Alta West, um, you know, we, with all our BDMs going out is educating, telling, especially new brokers who have never been in the alternative space and private space, uh, learn about more about how some of those clients that typically would have qualified don't, there is a, a room to, for them to still get a mortgage and, and bridge that gap, you know, for a year or two. So I, I, I commend you. That's uh, that's very important going forward. So if I'm guessing your your presidency is only for a year, correct? Correct. So yeah. come June, election. Are you running again? I guess I'll uh, give you guys the exclusive. Yeah. Can use a, uh, right here you, uh, uh, on the uh, the Modern Alternative pod podcast. I will officially announce my intention to rerun for president. Uh, that's awesome. Way to go. Uh, you got our support, buddy. That's awesome. Uh, thank you very much. Yeah. That's, that's yeah, there's, there's, you know, I set out with uh, certain things to accomplish as president. Um, we've come a long way, but I still think there's more to be accomplished. So as long as the board will uh, have me on, I fully intend to, to run and I'd like to see it through to completion. That's awesome. That is very exciting news. And we are certainly honored to be the first to hear it. Okay, it's time to get ready for our fun final segment, The Rapid Fire. I've been told you're a bit of a movie buff. Did you watch the 95th Academy Awards? I, I started watching, but I, I gotta admit I tapped out. <laughs> it was the one chance I, I the one chance I had to actually get some sleep. 
Well, let's see if you, you caught up on the news next morning. Do you know what movie won best visual effects? Avatar. That's right. Avatar. Yes. Do you know who won best actor? Um, Brendan Fraser. That's right. Two for two. There we go. And who won best actress? Good gosh. I knew this was going to stump you because I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, I, I really do not even know. <laughs> That's bad. The answer is Michelle Yeoh. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. I was, I would have been way off base on that one. Okay. And best picture? Best picture. Oh my gosh. I actually know this and I'm trying to remember it now. Um, well, let, let me give you a hint. Michelle Yeoh was in it. <laughs> that's that doesn't really help now because because it gets, it gets the reality of it every single one of those nominated movies i did not watch <laughs> yeah me neither that's how I, yeah. just to go back to answering your question that's how i found balance by giving up those things in life <laughs> yeah, yeah, so i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm just gonna be um i'm just gonna say that uh, i have no clue the answer is everything everywhere all at once okay this one was a little bit controversial Best Supporting Actress. There were some people in the crowd that weren't impressed by their loss. Yeah, so that, that was right around the time I tapped out, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Best Supporting Actress, yeah. I can't, I can't even tell you who was nominated in that category to begin with. It's a horror movie connoisseur, Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. And she was also okay, I saw in, that the next day. And she was also in the Best Picture. Yeah, I actually, I actually saw that. I saw that the next day. Yeah, and lastly, who was the host? Oh, um, Jimmy. You got it. Jimmy Kimmel. Kim, Jim, all right. That's pretty good. Not bad at all. Because I always, I always, for some reason, with Jimmy Kimmel and Jimmy Fallon, I always, you know, yeah. We, we give it to you. No problem. There you go. Well, Thanks Sadiq. for going easy on me. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Sadiq, well, thank you for joining us on the Modern Alternative. Uh, for anybody who's looking to get in touch with you to learn about more about CNBA, about your brokerage, or who is your tailor, what's the best way they can get in touch with you? <laughs> Uh, you can reach me, uh, Sadiq, at approvefinancial.ca. Uh, if you're trying to get me through the, uh, the, the CMBA, you can reach me at president at cmbontario.ca. Uh, you, you can just search my name because, like, literally, there's nobody else that has this combination of names. So you'll pretty, I'm, I'm hard, I'm hard to, to, to not find. So uh, that's awesome. We know where to find you. Well, that's great. And you heard it, folks. Sadiq is running for president. So vote. Go out and vote. That's it, folks. We have a new a monthly episode. Search Modern Alternative on Spotify, Apple, or visit awcapital.ca backslash podcast. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time on the Modern Alternative.